Hey, what's up? Wednesday. Super dope. So, chapter 68 manga review uh, for Dragon Ball Super. Me, Leonard Reese, coming up in just a moment. Sorry about the late post today. Uh, 2021 is off to a worse start than 2020, which is uh, truly a statement when you think about how shitty 2020 was. Um, so, so far, not great. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, yeah. We uh, had a great pre-show banner before this show. Uh, so much so that I actually included it uh, at the end um, because it's it's like 20, 30 minutes of bullshit, but it was fun. Uh, we talk about a lot of different stuff. Demon Slayer, uh, Death Note, some new podcast projects. Uh, Michael Jackson brought up frequently in uh, the pre-show stuff, which, again, will be after, uh, toward the end of the podcast at the uh, ass end. Um, Entourage, we fight some kangaroos again, which I feel like is becoming a recurring joke on this podcast. Uh, and I also talk a lot about uh, Karate Kid and Cobra Kai and Pat Morita and Red Fox, weirdly. Um, so, yeah, that's at the end. That's part of the Patreon uh, pre-show stuff that we you know do for the Uncut episodes. Uh, you want to support us. Links are in the, what the hell are those called? Show notes. And... Um, yeah, uh, this is the first audio post-Trump. I like did a whole five-minute thing about it, but I cut because I'm done talking about that fucking clown. So um, that's in the uncut version. What else? YouTube. We've got some YouTube videos up. Uh, go subscribe to YouTube. All you got to do is open up the show notes, click the link, and it'll ask you if you want to subscribe. That would help me out immensely. So please do that. Uh, what else? I think that's it. I don't know. I don't want to ask too much today. Because there's a lot of shit to do. Um, but I hope y'all's 2021 is starting off a little bit better than ours is. I say ours because, well, I got some my own back issues going on, which is not great for me because I've had bad back issues in my life. Um, just, you know, family, friends, going through some tough stuff, COVID-related. <sighs> I just, yeah. Anyway, be safe. Wash your motherfucking hands. And, uh, yeah, chapter 68. Super dope. Welcome to Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out here today for our monthly manga review. I've got my friend Leonard from the NPC Pod. Leonard, how you doing, dude? I'm doing great. You know, America seems to have some hope and we got a new chapter of, of, of Dragon Ball. I don't know why I stuttered so much. I thought you were going to say of democracy, but yeah, no, we also did get a new chapter of Dragon Ball. Very good. Yes. Point. Uh, we'll get back to that in just one second. But Reese, all the way from Australia, mate. Reese, how you doing, man? Fantastic, man. How are you? Pretty good. It's like, what, 11, 1130 where you are right now? uh 20 to 12 20 to 12 in the morning and uh you know morning beers with uh, the super dope fams never a bad <laughs> idea chapter 68 granola the survivor so weird timing on this chapter from a super dope perspective because i've been doing pretty good releasing episodes on wednesday um but last wednesday was the 20th so the new chapter dropped basically as my new podcast went up for the week. So what I did was uh, I did a YouTube video this week. 
So go check it out. Links are in the show notes, youtube.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. Go subscribe, help a brother out. But I did like a, I think it's like a 15 minute video kind of breaking down all of the, um, you know, plot of the manga, but also kind of, you know, asking the questions like I typically do in these conversations um, with you guys. So a lot of what we're going to do today, if you watch the YouTube video, you may have already heard some of my thoughts about it, but we're going to be asking Leonard and Reese their thoughts. Um, so let me uh, break down this manga and uh, yeah, we'll uh, start at the beginning. I guess that makes sense. Okay. Chapter opens up and we see Granola in his ship. Uh, he's having a recurring nightmare. Um, this is actually one of the few things that came out in the drafts the week previous where we saw that Granola's planet was decimated by a group of Saiyans. One of the most notable things that we saw in the drafts was one of the Saiyans in the Ozaru form, Ozaru form. What's the matter with me? I can't pronounce that ever consistently. One of the Saiyans in the Ozaru form has a big X on its cheek. And I think the majority of the fandom assumed um, that has to be Bardock, right? Otherwise, why go through the, the, the trouble of putting that X on his cheek, you know, just, just to what mislead us. That wouldn't be very cool to Yotaro. Um, But we learned that his race has fallen uh, at the hands of the Saiyans. And we also learned that he is well aware that Frieza is the one who gave the order to exterminate his planet. And uh, that he is uh, both on, he both has, he has ambitions for revenge with both for both Frieza and the Saiyans at the same time. Now he's under the impression that Frieza's dead and that the Saiyans are uh, have been exterminated by a comet that hit their by a comet that hit their planet. And uh, he, he's like feeling frustrated that he doesn't have those avenues for revenge. Um we also learn that he is a bounty hunter and he's bringing the OG 73i and what's slowly regenerating of it to somebody to collect um, on the bounty. So I guess the question that I have for you guys is one thing I've said a lot about the last few chapters, I feel like there's a lot of star Wars baked into um, baked into this plot. Maybe not. Maybe not the plot, but some of the characters. You guys would understand that more if you watched the most recent season of The Mandalorian. I just learned on the Patreon pre-show that these two, both of them, have not watched season two of The Mandalorian. Like fucking assholes. But there's a lot of Star Wars in Granola's uh, backstory, and just the fact that he's so closely tied to Frieza and the Saiyans right off the bat. Is, is this what you had expected for his backstory? We'll start with you, Leonard. Um, is this what you'd expect expected for his backstory? Do you like where it's going so far? How do you feel about it? Uh, I didn't expect this at all, to be honest. Um, I was really shocked by it because uh, it, it's something that I didn't necessarily think that they would go back to that avenue of, but it seems that Toyotaro and Toriyama seem to be, or I guess more Toriyama, whoever, long story <laughs> short, is going back into things that they never really, quote unquote, discussed in the canon of things. 
but maybe have discussed like in some movies and other things like that, which. What do you mean? I kind of like. Um, well, for example, uh, last arc was Moro. Moro was going back into magic, which is something that we got a little bit of a, of with Majin Buu and Babidi, but we didn't get anything else after that. So I did like that. And then now we're getting the whole, like, oh, they actually do raid. I mean, of course, yes, you could say that Dragon Ball Super Broly, they did go into it, but they didn't seem to talk about, like, the way that they did in this chapter, where it's like, oh, yeah, they do take over the planets and showing that this kid or this guy, I don't know why I say kid, um, this guy has, like, almost, I would, I would like to say almost like a PTSD towards it. Yeah. Like, and of course, uh, something I, I realized too that I thought about even from uh, last episode, no matter what, if you talk about space, I feel like you always have to, you always, everyone's going to be like, well, that's Star Wars. Oh, that's Star Wars. Oh, that's Star Wars. Yes and no. I mean, the fact that the Mandalorian is a bounty hunter. All right. So I think that a lot of us expected him to be a bounty hunter. The fact that it's confirmed that that's exactly what he's doing in this chapter kind of makes me think. Toyotaro wanted to name this dude fucking Dinjarin, but there is a scene in, I guess, chapter 67 that if you had been up to date on the Mandalorian at that point in time, and you'd watched what happened in the episode the week previous, and then you saw this granola sequence, you'd have been like, holy shit, I saw that on the Mandalorian last fucking week. <laughs> Same thing. Maybe not shot for shot, but the general premise of what was done and what was executed and why it was done in that way. It was meant to um, hold up a particular character as a, you know, pretty badass guy. And uh, Granola is that guy. Mandalorian, you'll have to fucking watch it to see what I'm talking about. It's mind-blowing to me. You don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Reese, how do you feel about Granola's backstory, man? I liked it. I like where they're going with it. Um, I like that they brought back the old Saiyan thing. With the Azaru's, um, I'm looking at it right now, actually. Um, kind of reminds me of like uh, the baby series, the Saiyans and the Tuffles. So maybe we're going to get a bit of the sins of the father, sins of the son thing with Goku and Granola. Only thing I don't like would be that Freezer's back in the picture again. Like we've just had Freezer with the Revival of F, we've had Freezer in Super already and in the new Broly movie. And now we're going to get him again. Like we yeah. could have explored Cooler maybe as someone different and say he had a crew of sayings and shit that he used to go take over a certain part of the universe where the, um, we'll call it the bowl region with the cereal people and the milk people and <laughs> all that. Um, and yeah, it just makes me curious now to what they're going to do with 7-3 now that he's... And obviously him being a bounty hunter was a complete throw-off as well. I was expecting him to, I don't know, something different. But, huh. yeah, it's makes it leaves it very open to what's going to happen later on with 7-3. I initially thought when he went and stole 7-3 back that he was going to be using him for himself, like to team up or to fuse or whatever together. But obviously... He's just going to be put on ice, kind of like the um, the uh, what's it called? Was that Avengers, the Collector? 
it's going to be like that. He's just going to end up in like the collector's little collection. I get what you're saying. So a couple of things that you brought up that are pretty interesting. The first and the most obvious comparison that's been made to this so far with seven, three being involved and, you know, this race, a race, this race that has been erased by Saiyans um, is the comparison to the Tuffles or the Seferians from Dragon Ball GT and how they in turn, uh, Dr. Mew, that his name? Dr. Mew, I believe is the guy who develops baby. I could be wrong. Shit. I'm going to go with Dr. Mew. What's Dr. He's got blue skin and red hair. He's got stupid yeah. glasses. They make Super yeah, 17. Right. Yeah. Um, the he, Dr. Jiro ripoff. Yeah, but him and Dr. Jiro team up to make Super 17. But Dr. Mew uses Baby as like this technological advantage to try to get his revenge on the Saiyans. Um, 7-3 seems, until we realized that Granola is just passing him off at, you know, as part of you know collection on a bounty, I think a lot of people thought what you thought, Reese. Uh, he's gonna, him and his race are gonna try to use the power of 7 3 to get revenge on the Saiyans or whatever. Similar kind of setup. One of the things that I think has been sort of, I don't know, kind of cloudy, I guess I'll say, is, is now that we've got so many different parties within this conflict, like you've got Granola. You've got Goku and Vegeta. You've got Frieza. You've got this other guy, Alec. Like there are four different, and then you've got 7-3, who apparently isn't looked at as his own party, but like a commodity to be had amongst any of these parties. Mm. So which side of the equation does Granola end up on? It doesn't seem like he's going to work with Frieza because uh, he, you know, right outedly hates him. He hates Saiyans, but should he meet Goku and Vegeta, how long does it take for him to learn that they're Saiyans? I would guess probably not long, given that, you know, they have a lot of super Saiyan forms. Um, or does he continue to work with this other character who just got introduced? We'll talk about a little bit more. Uh, this character, Alec. Uh, if that's the case, um, is it like just on the surface? Is he going to do it to be able to double cross him, uh, you know, later on down the line? Like, it could be any of those things, but it'd be interesting to see if um, further on in other chapters, if he saw when the Saiyans turned back into the human form and he saw Bardock and then when he sees Goku just straight away, like just envisions Bardock, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like one, night, my people. one night he's like, his dream goes a little bit longer than it typically yeah, does. Yeah. And, like he reverts yep. back from the Ozaru form into Bardock form and, you know, he has the same hair, same appearance. Sees Goku doing his thing. He's like, asshole, I know you. You wrecked my planet. Where's your tail? Where's your scar? Could be something like that, yeah. really. Yeah. So I guess more to come on which side, uh, you know, Granola is going to, you know, ultimately work with. Uh, could just continue to work by himself. I personally kind of dig the backstory a little bit different for Dragon Ball interested to see where it goes hopefully it continues to work in its own um new sort of direction for dragon ball new direction so moving on uh we get a flash over to beerus's planet uh regular gang over there goku vegeta beerus and Whis. and goku was helping Whis uh inject the oracle fish with 
I don't know, some sleeping drugs, I guess. The Oracle fish is going through a crazy bout of insomnia. Uh, and they do let us know that uh, when the Oracle fish cannot sleep, that is indicative of a bad omen. Some bad shit's about to go down. But also sometimes it just means nothing. So um, either way, interesting to see Goku inject homeboy with a needle. That's a call to how he is only afraid of needles in the anime and not the manga. Just wanted to stop briefly and point that out to y'all. Um, after they get the Oracle fish injected with the sleepy pills, um, they go back to training. We get to see Mastered Ultra Instinct Goku versus Whis. Um, Goku taps into Mastered Ultra Instinct very easily. Like it's, you know, a choice. It's, uh, it's a, almost like a transformation, transformation technique. I feel like they're kind of one and the same here, but taps into it very easily. And we do get a cut over to uh, Vegeta and Beerus. And Beerus makes the comment, hey, man, why don't you perfect that shit? Why don't you learn that? And Vegeta sticks to his line of, no, I'll overcome it my own way. It's it's fine. I'll, I'll figure something out. And Beerus alludes to basically there, that there are other techniques of the gods that they could learn to use outside of, of Ultra Instinct. Um, Ultra Instinct is just the specialty of the angels. Um, that's why, you know, keeping the hearts all calm and tranquil, that being a major part of Ultra Instinct, that works for Whis and the angels and for Goku. Calm, gentle heart has always been, um, you know, a, a major adjectives that have followed the character of Goku around. But then you look at a guy like Beerus, who's fucking all angry all the time, and he alludes to other techniques that, you know, make more sense for his personality. And you, you think, oh, man, if, if Vegeta learned one of those, what is, what is that going to look like? That's, that's a cool idea. So Beerus teases that there are other techniques that exist out there, but flatly refuses to train Vegeta. But says, I'm going to go, you know, stretch out over there, you know, if you want to come watch me. So it's not exactly like a trainer trainee relationship but it's more like uh i don't know observe uh, observatory i don't know the right word that i'm looking for but what do you guys think is going to come of i mean we and goku have been like an established mentor mentee relationship for a while now in dragon ball super if goku excuse me if vegeta and goku if Vegeta and Beerus are about to develop their own kind of version of that relationship, what's it look like? And what do we think Vegeta's going to, you know, come away with uh, from that kind of training? Uh, Reese, do you want to start? Uh, yeah. Well, I wonder if Topo got to learn any of this stuff because he inherited the Hakai powers and was the disciple of the clown dude. Excellent question. But then, it can't be just Hakai energy because Vegeta's already beaten that. So it's Freezer in a way. So it has to be something that plays, obviously, um, Ultra Instinct plays on more Goku's attributes and things like that. So the anger and um, you can see the, the common between Beerus and Vegeta, angry and prideful and things like that. Character development, they've got a, even Beerus himself has had a lot of character development through Super. He's not just an angry, sleepy cat. You know, he's 
mourner. He's the babysitter. He always seem like he does always seem like five seconds away from like deciding to fucking blow up a planet, though. Like, yeah. As much as we feel like he's softened in the last, you know, couple of yeah. episodes or whatever the heck it is for Super, um, he still seems kind of pissy a lot of the time. Probably because he hasn't slept. He hasn't had that ramen, but I don't know. Has to has, whatever he's going to teach Vegeta has to do with the way that he is and the way like you know he portrays himself and everything is that angry sort of dude so the so whatever his technique is going to be or transformation or whatever the triggers are going to be from those not from being cool calm and collected like ultra instincts yeah so what i want to know is how is it going to rival like an angel specialty because the gods it has to be something pretty strong though i think i think you started with the right question of um you know topo the, what kind of topo training what, what kind of training did topo go through um uh, before he you know made the transition to next god of destruction are we about to see vegeta take a similar path is that why we saw vegeta fight against topo in the tournament of power you know so that way we could make it be that much more of a statement when he does eventually just uh, ascend on that same path that topo did yeah i don't know I don't know. I'm, I'm just That'd fucking blib. I'm blib blabbing today. I'm not very focused. Leonard, what you got? Man, let me tell you. We Vegeta fanboys are probably going to get dicked once again. Always. <laughs> we just love getting dicked. Always and forever. Not it worse than I meant. Yes. Why? Anyways, um, I feel like that, that was one of the big common things was just like how topo was like oh yeah because he had a guy destruction or something i did actually point uh that i wanted to point out because something from twitter as well that i saw and i was like i didn't think about it and even from like an artistic standpoint i'm like oh wow that's really clever um if you look at the chat bubbles between Whis and goku and then beers and vegeta they are almost the same shape so it gives you a sense of how their character is, which yeah. Beerus is more of the serious, in a sense, serious. But we um, and Goku are rounded bubbles, and Vegeta yeah. and Beerus are angled bubbles. Exactly. Um, and but part of me feels like with Vegeta, because a lot of people are saying, "Oh, yeah, like what if he gets purple hair or whatever?" And it's like I don't think he's <laughs> gonna get purple hair. And if he does I get purple like... hair, I'm out. I'm done. He's been purple before in Super. <laughs> yeah but true. like that was his whole that body <laughs> that's a little different <laughs> but um something i would like to actually see is maybe that instead of him having some sort of transformation that he uses the god key in a sense where it becomes more natural like of course you see how like when goku and vegeta turn into like you know super saiyan god um their their hair stays about the same maybe they get a little bit thinner um, you know, in a sense like that, maybe for Vegeta, what we may see is um, something almost similar to that, but with a different type of aura, maybe a different type of view of him. Maybe not like another change of color and hair, but yeah, it's not <laughs> like a different. blue, like a slightly darker blue. It could be like a, well, I mean, I think a lot of people think the Hakai and or the aura around Beerus is purple because he, he's a purple cat, but yeah. maybe it's that kind of aura. Maybe it's a, a different sort of Hakai energy envelopment thing. I don't know. Who fucking knows, man? I can't wait to see how the relationship develops between those two 
because Vegeta's like very respectful of Beerus, even more so than he is of Whis, I feel. Like he's he's afraid of Beerus. Um, but to see him have this kind of casual chat about like, yeah, no, I'm going my own route. I get it. Goku's got this master all your instinct thing. That's not for me. To have him kind of have this uh, very honest discussion with Beerus and not have Beerus completely open up to him um, and say, I'm going to take you under my wing and help you crack this nut. You know, it's like he still has like that air of, I don't give a shit, but at the same time, I kind of want to see you learn something new. So yeah, the dynamic feel, I, for the relationship is changing on the page as we're watching it. And I, I it's, it's fun. It's cool to see. Right. I feel like part of the reason too, that um, Beerus is kind of going this route is because um, Weiss is more of the, I'll keep training you and showing you how to do this. So you can be, you can become this. And Beerus is more of the, you can watch what I did and then you can figure it out yourself. And I think also part of the reason why as well, because going back to an earlier comment, um, I think it was from actually, yeah, the Broly movie. Uh, well, two things, but first thing is going back to the Broly movie is saying that when Goku was training and Lisa was like, why do you want to train? He's like, do you want to be a god of destruction? Which is something that's asked I feel like more than more than once or twice. It's, it's been probably a, a couple of times, two or three times. Exactly. And for that, like that makes you think it's like, okay, maybe the reason why Beerus is hesitant towards that is because he realizes Vegeta could have the potential to become a god of destruction. And I mean, of course, this is one of the things that fanboys and all everyone's like, please make this happen. Please make this happen, which if it does cool, if it doesn't, whatever, but it, it's a potential idea. I just think it's interesting that like 2015, we get 2015 is when revenge of uh, revival of Frieza happens. Um, that's when we kind of get like a more clear line of sight to the angel got a destruction relationship. And even then you could say that, you know, you had to wait for the anime to come out six months later. doesn't matter when you start to see those kinds of um, relationships take fact or like take hold, the natural question in the fandom was like, Goku is more of a Whis, Vegeta is more of a Beerus. Imagine if Goku's an angel and, and he's Vegeta's got a destructions angel. Like, and it just seemed like such a stupid outlandish question to ask, but this chapter kind of lines up to maybe put us on those paths respectively and you know five years later six years later i feel at least a little bit stupid for having dismissed it out of hand because it seems like they might be working toward that i mean you never know because again it's like with any idea it's like saying um uh vegeta will go super saiyan (laughs) three that was like a big thing that everyone wanted i feel like at some point where it's like yeah we want to see vegeta go super saiyan three but he never does um But the other idea that I also kind of thought about, too, was that maybe he doesn't want Vegeta to know too much or learn too much because maybe he could use it against Beerus. And again, one of the biggest things that I feel like a lot of people commonly forget about is who ordered Frieza to destroy the Saiyans? Beerus. And who's a a proud prince of the Saiyans? Vegeta. Vegeta. So 
maybe i mean for me it's like it's all those things i just said kind of tumbling around in one idea but it does bring in a whole other wrinkle to that relationship i never really considered before is that beerus is ultimately the guy who's like hey i'm taking a nap make sure you take those freeze take care of those sand motherfuckers while i'm sleeping please and thank you okay thanks it's got to come out in one of the chapters has to the beerus order the the destruction guess we will see i don't know what the long pause is on that maybe it's another one of those drop plot threads that notori uh that akira toriyama is so notorious for akira notoriyama that's what i almost just it saw. would be good to see like a bit more of a backstory on beerus as well like a, even if it was a mini series or a mini episode or movie or whatever to find out like more about their backstory how they became so powerful how they became gods of destruction etc yeah i mean a part of me likes having that shrouded in mystery but another part of me is like i would love to see like what a race of of beerus's people looks like and you know how he ascends to be the the prodigy that he obviously was to be considered for because i mean we've seen dispo like dispo and beerus have to be of the same race right 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 maybe <laughs> i don't know i'm fucking speculating now we'll see what happens with uh with all of that, I guess. Whis, Goku, Vegeta, and Beerus. Infinite possibilities, except not that many, really, because it's just two different combinations of four people. Anyway. <laughs> that was like the greatest segue I've done probably ever on a microphone. If you couldn't feel the awkward shift with which I just shifted everything. You might be deaf. So we've learned that Granola is a bounty hunter and he's bringing OG73I back to some dude, some dude named Alec, which is spelled E-L-E-C. I'm assuming it's short for electric. Uh, he's got a couple of other people in his gang among them. I know that there is a Maki. I know that there is Granola. Excuse me, not granola. It's a uh, gas. Excuse me, gas. Alec, Maki, and then like some big tubby dude whose name I don't think I caught. So, Alec is the guy who is, um, you know, put out the bounty to go retrieve the parts or the remainder of OG seven three, and when granola brings him in. Before he even gets through the doors, he runs into his old bounty hunter friend, Shushiro. Uh, this little, I, I don't know why, I assume he's got yellow skin. I know we're talking about a black and white comic here, but sometimes I see a character and I'm just like, I know what color that character is. You know, you know it might be because he looks just like uh, the guy, Frieza's right-hand man from Brol. Yeah. So I was thinking. Same race. What the hell is his name? Cremel, uh, L-O- um, yeah, Kamiko, Kamiko. He's like the soy sauce man. Oh, god damn it. I can't remember it. But you're almost you're certainly hundred percent right on that. That's exactly why I think he's got that yellow skin, because he looks just like that guy. So Shushiro is another bounty hunter who just got paid uh, you know, basically next to nothing for whatever he brought in. Um Kikono. That's his name. Kikono. Good f- 
fucking call, man. Kikono. So Shushiro, Kikoro. Oh, dude, their names are very similar too, huh? Like if you replace the K and the S, like they're basically the same name almost. Anyway, I digress. Um, he did not get paid shit. He sees that OG73 is going in with Granola. Granola's about to get paid a lot. He lobbies Granola to split the bounty with him because he's uh, maybe a little greasy. OG73 says, no, excuse me. Granola says, no, that's fine. I'll kill you. Leave me alone. And he goes in and talks to Alec. Now, the character of Alec is kind of interesting to me. From a visual perspective, he reminds me a lot of Bojack and his uh, little pirate gang from that movie. But what's different about him is he has an air of like authority to him, much in the way that Frieza does when you first meet Frieza. Imper- uh, um, you know, Galactic Emperor Frieza uh, has this big old army, rules all these planets, whatever you automatically get the impression with this elect character that he's got a tremendous amount of power, influence, wealth. And Granola goes on to ask him, you know, what do you intend to do with OG-73? You're going to make an army of, you know, bots of this guy like the other guy was going to do? And he tells him no. Uh, essentially, um, he's after the intel within 7-3, all of the knowledge within 7-3, is what's going to be the most valuable thing in his conquest here to gain more power in the galaxy or whatever. Alec is the character that lets Granola know that Frieza has come back to life somehow, and he's now exponentially more powerful than he ever was before. And that he also doesn't have any other jobs for him right now because with Frieza back in the picture, it kind of makes things a little unstable, a little uncertain. Basically, hang by your phone. We'll let you know when we got another job. Because Granola has this hatred that we saw in the first part of the chapter for Frieza, he expectedly uh, flies off the handle, automatically demands to know like where he is. I'm going after him myself. You know, let me at him. Basically, Alex says, "You know, calm down there." Young cowboy man, cowboy man. What the fuck did that? What what the fuck was that? Um, calm down, young son. Young son, calm down, young man. That works a little bit better. Calm down, young man. <laughs> calm down, Mandalorian. Calm down, Din Djarin. Uh, you'll you'll get your revenge in, in good time. And he sends him away. Gives him his money. Sends him away. He leaves and elect kind of monologues to his buddies like, oh, man, that granola, what a hothead. He's gotten a lot more powerful. Um, you know, hopefully he goes off and tries to seek Frieza and Frieza takes care of him for us. So what do you guys think in terms of uh, the character of Alec is really what I'm uh, is what this is meant to be about. One thing I like about the character is he's in very stark contrast to Frieza. Frieza's like, I got a million motherfuckers in my army and they'll come and bust up your town. This guy's like, I got a lot of money. I know everything about you. I don't need a million motherfuckers to go bust up your town. So like the clashing of the two ideals of how to, you know, garner and maintain power in the galaxy is on full display. Um, I think that's a very interesting, um, you know, kind of thing that maybe, I don't know if we're going to explore. The, the main question here though is, do you think 
this character is meant to stay around for the long term. Um, Leonard, we'll start with you. Or do you, or do you think like he's just going to be this one appearance? Like he gives Granola the, you know, Frieza's alive, go forth in the galaxy, and we never see him again. Or, or does he factor it later on? Like, how do you think he factors in here in the grand scheme? I feel like he'll be here for a little bit. And what I mean by like a little bit, I mean like he'll be here for most of the arc. I feel like he'll have something where it's a hidden sort of background where maybe something that has to do with granola and then eventually meeting Frieza or the Saiyans happens. And then like he kind of stirs the pot maybe in a sense where he changes it so that Frieza gets some different info or granola gets some different info and it starts stirring the idea of you know he wants the full power that frieza has because in, in definitely looking at how they operate frieza had more of a very sporadic like spontaneous he'll get angry in a second compared to alec um i think that's his name right alec i think that's how we're supposed to pronounce it Elec, maybe. I mean, it's very obviously short for electric. So, yeah, going with Elec. With him, um, I feel like he's just the polar opposite in a sense, where he's very calm and collected. He's not going to be as like Frieza is. He's going to be very calm. He thinks about what he's going to do. He takes his steps, and he's going to eventually make it so that. Maybe Granola is sort of used to what he needs him to do and manipulate it into that sense. I mean, uh, essentially, he's just trying to manipulate Granola to go seek out Frieza so Frieza will kill Granola. Like, I, I don't know if I feel like Frieza is a pretty cold, excuse the pun, and calculating motherfucker. Um, I feel like Alec is pretty quick to send, you know, Granola into the next part of his plan. Uh, even though the, we don't know what his grand plan is, ultimately, Granola leaves and Alec reveals that he ultimately wants the information from 7-3 on the location of Zuno, which do you guys remember Zuno? He's shown up like two times. Big sumo, res, sumo wrestler looking the motherfucker or geisha yeah, sumo yeah, yeah. combination. I don't really know. Um, who knows basically everything about everything in Universe 7. Um, Bulma and Jocko go to see him once to learn about the Super Dragon Balls and Zamasu uh, goes to ask him how the Super Dragon Balls work so I don't know I, I feel like maybe Elect will stick around for the long term I like the idea of having like you know like a third or fourth party involved in the story uh, to kind of be able to you know play off all the sides against each other Um Reese, what do you think this character is going to be doing for us, man? You think he's sticking around, or you think he's an in-and-out character? He's going to be kind of popping in and out. He's, he's going to come like more into the story towards the end, I think. I think he's going to find out what he needs to find out about 7-3 and devise his little plan in the shadows. You won't hear from him for a bit. You'll get something to do with Granola, the Saiyans, and Freezer, where they'll probably have Freezer and him fight. Um, Granola and Freeze a fight, then I don't know, he'll end up going to work out with Goku and Vegeta, somehow befriending each other. 
Um, yeah, I could, then I I could think- see Granola ended up linking up with those guys in exactly that kind of fashion. And we'll talk about Granola's training in the next little block there. But what the fuck do you think Alec needs think- to ask Zuno? Like, what does he need to know? Is it where the Super think- Dragon Balls are? Because that's kind of played out by now. No, no, no. No, it's got to do with 7-3. It's all got to do with 7-3. The absorbing powers, maybe a way where he can put himself in 7-3 or take the, the learn how to take the crystals out of 7-3 and have it for himself so he can absorb the powers and he can be the powerful guy in the universe. Because Freezer's a pain in his ass. On that one. Because Freezer's a pain in his ass. And he's bad for business, as he says in here. Um, and Granola's just a little prick who's kind of a pain in his ass, just like definitely a hothead too. So I think he's trying to find a way to harness the power within Seven Three and take someone like Freeze's power away from them. So hmm. he's the ultimate guy. He has no one to worry about in any way, and he can stay rich. Yeah, if he doesn't need 7-3 for the intel, you know, how can he make that happen? He becomes one with 7-3. That's, I didn't think about that, dude. That I think that's a very good call. That could be it. Um, because this guy, I wouldn't say he's strong. I wouldn't, I just, I'd just say he's a master manipulator. Yeah, and I said something like that in the YouTube video too. Like he doesn't strike me as the particular, you know, big bad in that group. He even makes it a point to say, uh, should Granola ever get stronger than Gas? I believe is is yeah. Comparison: Gas versus Granola. That's a funny dichotomy. Because um, he just wants to find out what's inside seven three. That's all he it, wants to know. On that could make sense. What's inside there, and go see that Zuno guy and go from there. So he's interested in learning what what it is seven three can do, so he can harness that. I think. I like it. I like it. Um, Leonard, do you have any guesses on what Alex asked for Zuno could be? I fucking love Reese's theory right there. Um, that's a good question. Uh, well, I feel like maybe it has something to do. Well, actually, one I just thought of. What's something that kind of controls everyone or keeps them in a sense of order? Uh, besides the Galactic Patrol, religion, power, yeah, but and uh, yes, power. And what's what is supposedly the most powerful being in the universe? Zeno. Zeno, yes, <laughs> in the universes. Um, but technically, Beerus is the most powerful in the universe, and not a lot of people know that. Maybe getting rid of. Uh, the the god of destruction might be easier and in a sense if you get rid of him maybe you have more control and power over anything else i mean they do make it a point to say at the last chapter too if you want to talk about that idea uh sake of continuity to try to atone for the sins kaioshin tries to go give up his life and beerus is like what the fuck man if you die i die Somebody yeah. just kills Kyle Shen one of these days, which seems to be very doable in the Dragon Ball world. Beerus <laughs> is gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seems well, like a really big Achilles heel for him. Yeah, I think he's done a pretty yeah. good job protecting that Achilles heel at this point, too. He should just go drop him off at Xenos and just be like, don't ever fucking leave here. All you got to do for the rest of your life is play with fucking Zeno Summer. Right? You're just going to hang out here until you cease to exist. Um, 
Well, I guess we'll see what happens uh, with Alec. I feel like it's a, I don't know. I feel like it's an interesting character on the surface. Uh, and I think I'm getting a lot of his, a lot of my interest from the character based off of how he kind of directly contrasts with Frieza. That's really it. If Frieza wasn't already there, it would probably seem a lot less interesting to me. But maybe that's one thing that kind of made them bring Frieza into this arc. Because I'm with you, Reese. What you said earlier, when I saw that Frieza was going to be involved in this whole story, I was like, what the fuck, man? Again? Like, just make him a regular fucking cast member at this point. Put an orange gi on the motherfucker. Make him part of the team. This is a little obnoxious. But if it's because he needs to serve the purpose of being a foil to a new villain, new villain meets old villain to make the new villain seem even more villainous, I'm down with that equation. So, last part of the chapter. Uh, Granola leaves Alex Palace. He is uh, on en-, en route, I believe is the cool kid phrase. He's en route to planet Cerulean. Not Cerulean, like that Pokemon city, but Cerulean. Um, and he is then shot from behind by another uh, spaceship. It's that little yellow dickhead Shishiro from outside of Alex Palace. And he's brought some of his buddies. Not very cool. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's planet cereal. It's not surreal. Cerulean's is the people, right? Yeah, it's planet cereal. What did I say? Cerulean said it's because I've been thinking about Cerulean. No, it's, funny. No, it's just funny when I just when I just read it. Just planet cereal. Planet cereal. Next to planet milk. <laughs> planet Next cereal. To planet milk. Next to planet milk. Granola. In the bowl universe. <laughs> when you said that earlier, I thought you were kidding, but yeah, that's in there, isn't it? No, it's oh not. God. God damn it. Honestly, I would believe it. It would have been perfect if it was. (laughs) Um, So. (laughs) We get Granola leaving Alec. Alec. I can't even say the dude's name anymore. We get Olek. We get Granola leaving Alex's palace, and on the way out, he is followed by his old pal Shushiro. Um, Granola is back uh, on his way back to Planet Cereal, not Cerulean, <laughs> uh, and it's in the Bowl Galaxy next to Planet Milk. But we uh, get a standoff between um, Shushiro and Granola. He shoots at his spaceship, tells him. Land on that asteroid over there and give me all your GD money. By the way, I brought all my cool spaceship friends. So like four ships land and they try to ambush Granola. <clears throat> Granola pulls a little sneaky sneaky on him and does this thing where he leaves his eyepiece on the back of his chair, lures them into the cockpit of his ship with the voice activation feature. He sneaks out. Once they go into his cockpit, he slams them all with a stun gun from very far away because the Cerulean people have like a right eye that is naturally genetically engineered to be able to shoot things from very far away. Um, He shoots all of them with this stun gun stuff and then says, next one's going for your balls, motherfucker. Get the fuck out my ship. It's not what he says. He said, the next one's going to pierce your heart and it won't be a stun gun. Um, They all run away, including bitch ass Shushiro, and uh, ultimately, 
granola jumps back in his ship and starts to go back to planet cereal again. Oatmeal, who is, I guess, his partner, comrade, buddy, because his his guy in the chair off screen who we've yet to see. He chimes in and says, hey, man, that was some nice shooting. Good job back there, mate. And Granola says, no, I actually missed one of them. Um, I'm not strong enough to beat Frieza. I'm going to have to train and become stronger to defeat this new super strong Frieza. So my question for you guys is, what do you think we're about to see Granola do to go off and train? Um, Cause we aren't, we have a, a level of reference for how powerful Frieza is. I am kind of interested to see where he is now, not so much in terms of his own power, but in terms of the scale of his army, however many months this is after the last time we saw him. Um, so I mean, I am interested to see him there, but we know how strong he is and Granola doesn't seem to be able to hold a candle to him. What do you think Granola is about to do to be able to train to get on that level? Uh, who wants to start? Decide amongst yourselves. Reese. No, I'm going to go get a beer. You start this off, Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Getting beers, getting beers. I have no idea, to be honest. Um, I would like to say that maybe maybe he um, well, the one thing I would want to know is basically how did Granola really train to begin with? Because they never really mentioned that. They never said like how he trained even after the whole Ozaro, um, Frieza, and his minions attacking his planet. They never said like where he grew up after that. What happened to him in general? And maybe he's going to go back to where he trained before. Maybe he's going to make an encounter with local galactic force Miris. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe he's going to just get a Zenkai boost out of nowhere by speaking to a random Namekian calling himself Big Green. <laughs> Don't be super, super chocolate granola. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I, mean, I, I think feel like I think you bring up a really interesting question in that we don't understand how we even got as powerful as he is now. They talk a little bit about it and the fact that we know that his right. I mean, it's. I think it's notable that he's a character that uses a gun a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they do make it a point to talk about his genetics and his eye in this chapter today. Um, so we we do know that, that there is a bit of like a, uh, you know something that's swaying him to be towards genetically speaking or from like the perspective of his race, something is swaying him to be toward a warrior kind of, you know, mold in life. But where did he learn all of his skills? You, you can't just pop out the womb and just naturally know how to do backflips and shit. Unless you can, is that how it works? Do you guys do backflips? I, I can't do. Maybe, maybe he had a mask. Maybe he had a master called Captain Crunch. Ooh, good one. I do backflips every single day of my life. No, mm -hmm. I don't. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I just do. I do think you brought up an interesting question, Leonard. Where did he originally train? Who is Granola's 
Master Roshi or his King Kai. Where's he going to become Tapion? <laughs> what do you mean? Give him a big ass sword? And... Yeah, just give him just give him something where it's like, here, have a sword. You're pretty much a knockoff Tapion. Bye. <laughs> Don't talk shit about Tapion. Reese, I love Tapion. Me too, man. I'm looking at him right here. Matt, Matt, Matt. He's pretty Matt, much. Matt, he's Matt, literally Matt. Link in Dragon Ball. Don't different. talk shit about Tapion. Matt, Matt, Matt. This is the best Dragon Ball movie, my friends. Okay, we're done. Uh, Reese, what do you think, man? What is Granola about to do to be able to try to ascend to the level of Frieza? Well, I think the first question we need to ask before that is how, when Granola was the survivor on Planet Serial, when the Saiyans and Frieza took over, how did they get rid of him? Because he was returning to Planet Serial. So mm-hmm. what did he have to do back then? So what sort of training did they, or warrior kind of people were they, to get rid of the Saiyans, to scare the Saiyans off to not be on Planet Serial? You guys are doing the heavy lifting for me this week. Thank you so much. Another a fucking brilliant question. I thought it was really notable when he leaves Alex Palace. He's like, I'm heading back to Planet Serial. I'm like, wait a minute. You're headed, you're talking to your friend Oatmeal on your headset, who I assume is also at the place you're about to go to, which is Planet Serial. I thought you are the only survivor of Planet Serial, and that's what we got the name of the arc from Granola the Survivor. Are you the only survivor? Are you just a survivor? Are there other Cerulean's out there? Great question. Yeah. Well, how did, well, if he was like, usually whenever they take a planet, it's up for sale. So what happened to the, either the Saiyans who took over that planet, obviously Bardock still lived. So he didn't die from the serial people, the serial killers, we'll call them. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or the people that, they sold the planet to what happened to them? Were they a strong race he got rid of or what? So there's all of that to find out just how strong he is. Um, I think they've really skipped over that. I can't, I don't know. Oatmeal, I don't know if Oatmeal is an actual person or whether he was like, um, maybe an Iron Man before Vision became Vision, whatever his name was. You know, that artificial? Yeah. Is Oatmeal like his Jarvis? Or is Oatmeal an actual person? So I wondered that too, actually, in my notes. I'm like, I think it's very interesting that Oatmeal is still yet to be seen on screen. Like the only time. Yeah, there's not even been a flash to him or anything. Yeah, that's a good Um, point, man. Yeah, and just what kind of, how do you train this guy? Like, okay, we know that he's a sniper pretty much. He can't be just trying to go up freezer with a gun from a distance with his eye or whatever. And does he have transformations, things like that? So we, then again, no. Who was that little motherfucker who dropped Goku with a laser ring? Uh, Ta- yeah, Tagoma is that his name? I could be wrong on that. Tagoma, no, no. Tagoma's Tagoma's that skinny that dude. purple dude. The Ginyu took over, right? Yeah, that's Tagoma. Um, sure, sure, Sorbet. I want to say is his name. Sorbet, yeah, yeah. So they dropped Goku with a fucking laser ring. So anything anything that's a good point. Freeze is not as dumb as Goku is to relax himself to that point to let that happen. But I'm just saying anything's possible in terms of, you know, the, the fact that we got a, uh, uh, I don't know if we're going to call him a, 
a villain or an antagonist at this point. I think jury's still out till we know, but just because he seems to be a dude that, um, you know, rocks a gun with most of his stuff and he's naturally genetically inclined to be able to snipe. I don't think uh, you can count him out. Maybe he can drop a motherfucker yeah. with the right chop. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say because all we really get is just the Oracle fish saying that the strongest warrior in the universe will soon rise. That's all. We yeah. Get. Yeah. So at the end, at the end of the chapter, we got a flashback over to the now sleeping Oracle fish having a dream. It just says balance shifting, uh, you know, strongest universe, strongest warrior in universe seven will soon rise. And that yeah. could be anybody really except Goku because Goku's <laughs> always that guy. It could be Vegeta taking over, learning things from Beerus. Maybe he could be that guy. I think we're obviously meant to believe that it's Granola. Could be him. Could be Oob. Could be Oob. Exactly. At the that was my going to be my third point. At the end of the last chapter, we got to hit him out. Oob. It could, there could be a lot. Um, <laughs> don't be that guy right now, Leonard. <laughs> but yeah, no, this I is... think there's a lot of different possibilities. It doesn't necessarily have to be just Granola. This would be the best possibility. If Granola is going off the train, we do a few-year time skip so he can go train for years knowing that Freeze is ridiculously strong and we finally age Oob, Trunks, Goten and then we get a bit more insight into the new power of Goku Vegeta, etc. And we go from there. I wish. That would be cool. This would be a cool excuse to do a time skip. Like Granola needs time to fucking gear up to fight Frieza so they're like two years later and like all of a sudden Trunks is in the midst of puberty and he's useful again and shit that'd be cool or maybe yeah. they do a hyperbolic time chamber maybe they have some sort of hyperbolic time chamber even the time the like kids the spent in the box. hyperbolic time chamber <laughs> the kids came out looking exactly the fucking same it was sad those kids don't <laughs> age it's annoying as hell it's annoying. if it's on planet cereal would we call it the cereal box Oh, I love that. The cereal box. Dude, putting you two dad joke telling motherfuckers together, I think I might have to rethink the formula for these episodes. Well, come on, you can't be a demon about it. Speaking of watch, well, speaking of watch or watch, I guess you could say. Speaking Demon of watch, Slayer. watch Demon Slayer. Oh, <laughs> good one. <laughs> All right. So, so Granola guys- is a slayer. Oh, he is. Oh, look at that. I hate you guys both. <laughs> All right, so this is this is what we're gonna do, right? We're gonna wrap this manga episode. In case you couldn't tell, the boys are very much trying to get me to watch Demon Slayer. I'm gonna do it, but they're like, "Oh, Demon Slayer, super dope! Demon Slayer, super dope!" To which I say, "Fine, bitch. If you guys want to outline it, I'll do Demon Slayer, super dope. I'll even edit and distribute it." But in case you can't tell from this podcast episode, my brain's a little fucking fried on outlining podcasts right now so pick up the weight leonard and reese and we'll make demon slayer super dope in a heartbeat does that sound like a plan man's sounds good to me all right i'm down especially since it's on netflix oh yeah yeah it's got michael jackson yeah you know this is the third time you guys have brought up michael jackson as a selling point and i'm gonna tell you each and every time you bring up Michael Jackson as a selling point, it makes you want to end this podcast immediately and go watch it. So stop. It's, not, ju- it's not just Michael Jackson. It's Smith criminal Michael Jackson. Exactly. Ooh, that's like one of the top five Michael Jacksons. 
What's top five Michael Jacksons for you guys? You guys don't have a top five Michael Jacksons. I do have a top five. I've just been making sure it's still the same thing. Okay, so number five, we got uh, Thriller Michael Jackson. Number four, Beat It Michael Jackson. Number three, Remember the Time Michael Jackson. Number two, Smooth Criminal Michael Jackson. Ooh, number number one, one of my fan favorites. It's one that kind of everyone forgot about. Captain EO. I, I don't know that one myself. No. If you don't know that, you are uncultured in the way of Michael Jackson. And now you have to look it up. Okay. And watch Demon Slayer. And watch Demon Slayer. <laughs> Do you have a top five Michael Jackson you want to share, Reese? <laughs> Man in the Mirror, Michael Jackson, Smooth Criminal, Michael Jackson, Thriller, Michael Jackson. Um... The Free Willy, Michael Jackson, the Earth Song, Michael Jackson, and um, Billie Jean, Michael Jackson. Hell yeah. Although I also do like Can't Stop Till You Get Enough, Michael Jackson as well. I like that you brought Free Willy, Michael Jackson into it. <laughs> oh, I don't have a top five Michael Jackson, so I don't give a fuck about Michael Jackson. So uh, wow. we're going to wrap this episode. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's uh, it's got to be number five. I'm going with Man in the Mirror. Um, number four, Black or White. Uh, number three, I'll go with. I'll go with Beat It, probably. Yeah, I'll go with Beat It, and then Bad, and then Thriller. Thriller is my fucking. Thriller is like one of the the one of the first music videos I remember watching ever in my life and just being like are all music videos like this this is awesome and then i learned that most music videos are like three minutes long and i was like this is fucking whack why do all music videos suck in comparison to thriller and that kind of ruined me with my expectations for music videos for the rest of my life so thanks michael jackson you demon slayer appearing motherfucker that's all i got for you guys all right this is a forced one today but i got it out all right i got it out guys Chris Tucker, Michael Jackson, either. Fuck Chris oh, Tucker. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, come on. No, he won't be in a fucking Friday movie. He's too cool for school. Is it Chris Tucker? Am I being racist right now? Yeah, Chris Tucker. No, it's Chris Tucker. All right. But the fact that you asked if you're being racist right now, which is yes, you are. I don't think I am because I was worried <laughs> about who it was. <laughs> You know, <laughs> why, don't, why don't you just put on your blonde wig and some fucking fake tan, Kyle? <laughs> so there's this guy I work with, right? <laughs> or used to work with when I had a job. I, I don't have a job anymore. His name is Stu. Stu is one of my favorite people. Uh, and I worked with Stu on a contract a couple years back and we were good buddies. And then I came back and, you know, Trump is fucking full swing. And like for a couple of months, he like danced around the fact he's like talking to one of my other coworkers about it. He's like, I think, I think Kyle's a Trump guy. And uh, I don't know. Like, I like Kyle. Like I, I just, I, it bothers me that I, he, he's probably a Trump guy and I don't know how to say something to him about it, but like, I really like him otherwise. <laughs> and like, he said this to my friend Chelsea and Chelsea one day was just like, Stu, you just need to say something to him about it. Hey Kyle, do you like Trump? 
And I just went, <laughs> really? Why are you guys asking me that question? That's a dumb fucking question. And Stu's like, oh my God. And he came over and gave me a hug. It was like a few months before COVID. I miss being able to hug people. Anyway, I'm done ranting. This wasn't a very good episode, but thanks for sticking to the end. If you did stick to the end, and by the way, not a good episode because of me, not because of you guys. You guys fucking MVPs. Not on my game today. Um, Reese has recently helped me take over the Instagram page. If you don't follow us on Instagram, go fucking do it. At DB Super Dope. Um, we're trying to get a little bit more interactive with our listeners and friends and fans or whatever. Um, one way in which we want to do that, Reese, in case you can't tell in the video here for the patrons, uh, even the YouTubers, I guess, this will probably make its way to YouTube. Reese got lots of tattoos. Um, you got some Dragon Ball ink too as well, right? Yeah, I would like so. Friggin' ridiculous, man. He's very dedicated in the in the the tattoo game for Dragon Ball, but we're trying to collect some other, you know, Dragon Ball ink, uh, other Dragon Ball fan appreciation stuff like fan art and and things like that. So, um if you do have any of those things, whether it be tattoos, uh, maybe you you make some fan art on the side. Maybe you're like our buddy Chris Fornia, who uh, you know has like a lot of Dragon Ball figures and and takes like very cool, uh, intricate photos of them. Like things like those are things that we want to start to integrate into our Instagram more often. Uh, if you have a Dragon Ball do rag, Leonard, put it on right now. Um, so my point is, with Reese being more of a uh, front facing uh, person on the Instagram. You'll have a little bit more to interact with and uh, we want to try to build the community. So um, go follow us, share your pictures with us, put them on the highlight stories, all that stuff. We, we kind of have a plan. We kind of don't have a plan. We're, we're figuring it out as we go. Um, Reese, any, any advice you want to give to the people who may or may not want to follow us on Instagram? Why don't you give them the elevator pitch and why they, why they should follow us? Well, everyone will get to see the artwork or the, toys or resins or songs if you're a musician oh. whatever you know it'll all get advertised you know up on instagram you'll get more followers through us because we'll have more fans that are into that sort of shit i mean that's why we all listen to a dragon ball podcast and podcasts Two-way about street. It and fucking, yeah and yeah we'll, all we ask is that you return the favor show some love and that's it that's all we want just to get more interactive with the fans because, um, I mean, I started off as a fan with this show and still am and, you know, you just can get amongst it a lot and, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we're all here for. I didn't really have, that's the I didn't have anyone to talk Dragon Ball with. So, for me, when I found this, it was a really good outlet for me to talk to people about Dragon Ball with and, yeah, and I just got talking to Kyle a lot more and, and you yeah. want to know what that makes me think of, actually, Reese, is something we talked about with Leonard before we started recording was uh, Super Dope Discord, man. Like, it exists. It's a thing that's there. We just don't use it. And uh, I think the Discord would be a good place to do exactly what Reese just said. Like, gives us another place, outlet to go to talk about Dragon Ball with friends and fans. I mean, I'm not actually your fan, but I'm in your ear for an hour once a week, motherfuckers. If I don't feel like fan by now. I probably won't ever, but that's but okay. even um, yeah, just more more like the artwork and all that sort of stuff as well. There's always a lot of up and coming artists and things like that, stickers, all sorts of shit. Like, you know, I know for myself, 
found something really cool that was you know, a nice Dragon Ball canvas, something that I, I'd pay for it to put up on my house. So just oh, gets yeah. everyone's name out there, your name and our name, and yeah. We're just trying to uh, continue to build the community, really is what it comes down to. So That's go it. follow us on Instagram, at DBSuperDope, uh, Twitter, at DBSuperDope1. If you want to support the show more, patreon.com slash dragonballsuperdope. $5 tier uh, gets you all sorts of extra podcasts, videos, uncut bullshit, invites to things like this. And uh, yeah, I think that's all we're going to do for this week. Uh, make sure you rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. There's a thing we're really working on for 2021. If you don't subscribe to us on YouTube, I'm fucking mad at you. There's a link in the show notes. All you got to do is click it. And then it says, you want to subscribe? And then you hit yes. And then boom, you're subscribed. So please go do that. Otherwise, I'm pissed at you. And that's it, man. Um, Going to do it for Super Dope. Talk to you next week. I, I don't know what's planned for next week. Probably nothing good. Maybe I got Demon an interview. <clears throat> no, it's not Demon Slayer. You know oh, what? it's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. That's what it is. It's yes, not that, e- it's not that either. To do it. It's not that either. Because you know why? Cobra Kai Season 3. Dude, Cobra Kai season three was super dope. I actually don't even tempt me, motherfucker, because we've got so many other projects in the woodworks. Like we got an MHA thing on, we got a general nerd thing on. We're talking about this apparently Demon Slayer super dope thing going with you guys. There's a lot of places for us to talk about stuff, but I'll talk about Cobra Kai literally anywhere, anytime, any podcast. I don't give a shit. I'll dirty up a super dope feed. I don't care. You know why? Cobra Kai never dies. All right, fine. Fuck you guys. Uh, it's going to do it for Super Dope. I'll talk to you all next week. Leonard, thank you. Reese, thank you. I love you both, and I'll talk to you soon. Cobra Kai is coming up next week. It's probably not. <laughs>
Oh, we were just thinking Demon Slayer Super Dope. Yeah. There you go. Since you already you got do, the name. Since, since you've got, you know, Plus Ultra and all that and Death Note Super Dope, I'll not add to it. All right, listen. Oh, hold on a second. There's a Death Note Super Dope? Oh, yes. Why oh, was yes. I not invited? I haven't even finished Death Note. <laughs> Strangely, Death Note Super Dope <laughs> didn't finish Death Note either. <laughs> we did record all the episodes, but somehow, like the last two or three episodes, got fucking shitted somehow, deleted accidentally. So uh, we never actually redid the last three, and they never got released. So uh, hmm. those are they, those were all like Patreon exclusives. I was releasing like one podcast a day as like some kind of fucking training exercise. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I was on drugs. I had to have been doing a lot of drugs or something. I don't know, but Death Note Super Dope was fun. If then it gets really fun, I think it's episode eighteen is when I discovered that there's a Death Note musical and uh, started integrating. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so I started integrating in Death Note the musical into each episode, like a song per episode, and. Uh, the first one, the first time it happens, like nobody knows that it's about to happen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I made it a free that episode. I'm pretty sure I made a free episode for the 12 days of Christmas. So I'll send you a link afterwards if you want to hear that one. That's probably one of my favorite podcasts I've ever made in my life. And nobody's heard it except like maybe three people. <laughs> That sounds like that really sounds like just as bad of an idea as Spider-Man the Broadway. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. There's a couple bangers in there. Uh Where's the Justice? That's one that we uh refer back to quite frequently. When we heard the Where is the Justice song, that's all we could say to each other for like fucking three weeks. Where is the justice? Where is the justice? <laughs> oh my god. It's fucking bad, man. It's bad. That sounds oh, like something's bad as the movie that they made. Um, we did a podcast on that movie too. Weirdly, oh, one of our oh, most... shit. I don't remember. I don't know where that podcast is. Honestly, it might yeah, be because his name wasn't. His name was different in there, and he was complete different character. And it was Light Turner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was bad, and he was just. It was uh, he was a failing student or something when really light is really smart and gets bored. Yeah. Like Light Yagami's whole thing is that he's super yeah. fucking smart. So yeah. the first thing you do is make Light Turner a fucking American idiot. No offense, Green Day. No. The only the only good thing about that movie would have been Willem Dafoe. That's literally it. Yeah, and even that, you could say that that didn't pan out exactly how everyone wanted it to either. Like, from a visual perspective, he has the similar facial structure of Ryuk. That's about fucking it. The voice, mm. meh. I mean, he did a decent enough... Uh, who does the dub? Um, it's original Vegeta. Brian, the fuck's his last name? Beard guy. God damn it. Why can't... Drummond, Brian Drummond. Um, he does Ryuk, and he does an awesome job in the dub. But Willem Dafoe, I, I don't know. I don't know. Everyone loves his Green Goblin and the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Mm. And it's not bad, but there are moments where it's like comedically over-the-top supervillain camp shit. Whether that's on purpose or not, I don't know. 
I would like to think maybe it is, but a part of me thinks that Willem Dafoe just over the fucking acted in, in some of those scenes. And I get that same kind of vibe from the few scenes that he was in in that Death Note movie. And that's the other thing too, him being one of the highlights of it, they, they don't really use him all that much. <laughs> Why do I Man, remember so fucking much almost... about this terrible movie? <laughs> I'd like to see him as a Joker, as the Joker, play the Joker in like a TV series or something. I think he would actually, he would nail it. If they ever did like a three Jokers movie, um, there's a, there's a storyline wherein Batman gets like some kind of fucking omnipotent God powers. And like one of the first things he does is uh, asks or, you know, figures out who the Joker is. And he learns that there's three of them at any one point in time. He's been fighting three different Jokers. If they were to ever do a three different Jokers movie and they had like one of the three be an older, old guy kind of Joker, he'd be great for that. And then you could throw in, I don't know, Heath Ledger's dead, so not him. Um, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yeah, duh, Joaquin Phoenix. I was just trying to think to myself, have we seen the Joker since then? Forgot all about that movie. <laughs> the Wish.com version is Jared Leto. <sighs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> that was the worst fucking thing I've ever hey, seen. Hey, at least life. he may redeem himself as Morbius. I'm really worried about that. I don't want him anywhere near my Spider-Man universe. <laughs> Stay the fuck away. All set. No. It's okay. The, the, actually, oh no. <laughs> actually, probably the best. Probably the best movie I would have seen Willem Dafoe in is The Boondock Saints. That was just fucking hilarious. He is amazing in that film. Yeah, hundred percent. I I watched the shit out of that movie in high school. I was that kid who yeah. like could quote that fucking that that little fucking prayer they say before they shoot people. And like, if I got drunk enough, I'd put on an Irish accent. I still wear pea coats to this goddamn day. Like, I fucking loved that movie. Willem Dafoe is the highlight for sure. All right, now that we've gushed a bunch about um, Death Note and Willem Dafoe, if you're a Patreon Demon member, Slayer. what? Oh, Demon and Slayer. Demon ah, Slayer. Good one. Got it. Ask me if I watch <laughs> Demon Slayer one more time. It's literally been hey, like do you watch, watch Demon Slayer? Yeah, that's, <laughs> the eighth, that's the eighth, ninth, and tenth time in like the last seven days, guys. Good one. So, hey, do you watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? You should. Is this a, is this a JoJo reference? Everything's a JoJo reference. Rule number one. Don't you fucking forget it. So this is a Patreon pre-show, right? Um, my point is if you're watching this and you're a patron and you've ever listened to Death Note Super Dope, you're a fucking dummy. All right? He loves you. And I love you. You guys ready to do a a podcast about Dragon Ball. Oh, did I make my sure. point? My point was listen to Death Not Super Dope because that shit's pretty good. It's fun. Point made. Good point. I'm going to make a bunch of JoJo references in this chapter. I thought you said you don't watch JoJo. Oh, I love JoJo's. I've watched, jo I've watched all JoJo's. Whoever told you that was a fucking liar. I've watched all JoJo's and I'm a stan of JoJo's. I will fight. But isn't Stan like isn't Stan like a thing in JoJo's too? Yes, exactly. That's the whole joke because it's oh. two meanings. It's a double entendre. 
Yes, double entendre. Read between the lines and suck my own wee-wee. I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> hey, could you explain to me what a stan is in JoJo, though? Like, not a fan, obviously, but what it is within the show. Yeah, so um, basically what it is is um, the villain... Uh, well, it has to do with the bloodline of the original JoJo, Jonathan Joestar. And basically because of his blood and him being able to to harness something called Haman, the Haman took in a different form, I believe. It's been a while since I watched it. Haman's like but a thing in his blood or his DNA? Think about like chi. Okay. Like Haman's like chi pretty much or ki, however the fuck you want to say it. Say it either way, I don't even care. Exactly. Hamon, Hamon, her moan sounded amazing. Anyways, um, but pretty much it's that each person uh, can kind of get their own stand. Now, of course, later on, the thing about JoJo's is that this is kind of a deal breaker for some people. JoJo starts a new JoJo each season, pretty much. What do you mean start? Like a new story or... So basically, like the first does, one, does the whole Joe series Star. reboot. Or? He dies at the end of the first season, and you oh. get Joseph, and then you get Jotaro, then you get Joski, and then you get Giorno. Is it is it like in the family, like his son, his son, his son? It's pretty much the lineage of, like or is it like a reincarnation kind of deal? It's it's not reincarnation. It's more like the son or grandson and. It kind of goes down the line. So it's not like Doctor Who where he just like takes a different shape or whatever. Like this character no. lives his life, he dies, and then the, the powers no, or whatever are passed all. on to his next person. Okay. Interesting. But they do a different one each and every season. And that shit's been around since like Seems the like mid-80s, it. hasn't it? Actually, since uh, technically the uh, manga has been since the 60s. Get the fuck out of here, really? Like late 60s, maybe early 60s. And... He eventually changed up the art style, and then Jotaro is the one that was like famous from the eighties. That they already made a series with like the purple, the purple suit or whatever. Looks kind of feminine. That's like one of the things that everyone seems to really like about JoJo is the fact that some of the character designs, like they're kind of gender fluid. I don't know whether that's on purpose or not, but they kind of do it like the way I, I saw it was they do it like how each generation is. Like, for example, the first jo- uh, JoJo is like 1800s into 1900s. The second JoJo is like early 1900s going into 1980s. And does it all take place in Japan? Or is it like a fictional um, world? They kind of take different places. Like, uh, it's pretty much like real world, like America, uh, Japan, Britain, places like that. Huh. And then there's even the season with Italy. And that one is very interesting. But like the whole purpose or point of the show is what? He's like a martial artist. He's got some kind of powers and people. You would have to watch it to find out because you would think that that's it. But it's actually just different. It's very different. You know what's different? My weed guy not texting me back. That hits different. Yeah. Fucking hits a whole different way. Hits hits like I'm not important. Come on, man. I'm a regular. We basically have a nephew in common. What the hell, bro? That was very presumptuous of me. My eye got very itchy. Well, um, you sold me more on JoJo than you did on Demon Slayer. How about that? 
Uh, well, yeah, I mean, but I can also sell you on Demon Slayer. Michael Jackson is in Demon Slayer. That's all I need to say. You have to watch it now. The Michael Jackson. Like, he, he, Michael Jackson, come on. Like, he about to moonwalk and destroy your ass. Shamona. Yes. Okay. And a smooth criminal outfit as well. Exactly. The best type of Michael Jackson. Oh, damn. And if you don't like Smooth Criminal, something is wrong with you. You are having some sort of emotional trauma. And I officially said it now that I'm saying it. You suck. Like, your whole existence, your bloodline, whack. Simple as that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, your crew, whack. Your <laughs> me, your clothes whack, whack. The, his stance whack. whack. Me, I'm tight as fuck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, I just had to like. Did you guys see the slow wheels turn? Yeah, I saw the <laughs> Like, I know what he's saying, but I don't know why I know it. <laughs> All right. Oh, my point was, if you guys want to make a Demon Slayer Super Dope, that's fine. We can do that. It's got to be on its own feed. We can't dirty up Super Dope's feed any more than it's already been dirtied. I'm trying to do mostly all Dragon Ball stuff now to the point where I'm MHA is launching into its own feed. I'm doing one with Ant that's going to be more like general news kind of stuff. That one's still... I'm trying to come up with a good name for that. So if you guys got any good names for a nerd news podcast, let me know. Um, but Kelly and Nerdgasm. Ant... Mm. Nah, but Kelly's going to be doing the outlines for My Hero. Ant is going to be doing the majority of the work for the news headline stuff, and we're going to be kind of double teaming the um, the focus pieces for like people we're going to interview and stories we want to tell in that fashion and shit. But if you guys did want to do a Demon Slayer, if you wanted to do the outlines, I can take care of the technical stuff on the back end. Is my point. So as long as you're watching it. Yeah, obviously that would be the <laughs> and the, each episode would be literally you talking about how you felt about the episode. I mean, I don't know how often you listen to Dragon Ball <laughs> Super Dope or any of the other things that I make, Leonard, but that's literally what I do all the time. Nope, I don't listen to any of that. Like a jabroni. Did you listen to our <laughs> WandaVision fucking first two episodes though? Because oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Ant totally called episode three of WandaVision like a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I got, I got, I got to listen now. It was pretty good. I was pretty impressed with myself to the point where I was like the beginning of the episode. I'm like, yo, you're like a comic book fucking expert, man. You write for comicbookresources.com. He's like, man, you know, I'm all right. And I was like, yeah, good thing you're here, man. I don't know shit about comic books. And then we get to a point. I'm like, yeah babies and he's like well it's this one i'm like no it's these two he's like what and i was like what and he's like look it up and now we looked it up and that's all i'll say all right did i, did I sell you? you you did you already saw i mean you already sold me when you said you and wandavision i was like okay yeah we're gonna try to launch that one into its own feed officially right around i think we're gonna try to launch the week before wandavision finishes if you do the what if series which supposedly they're doing uh let me know because i would love to be a part of that 
Hell yeah, we're gonna do all of them, man. Um, I think dopamine. Two weeks, two weeks after Wandavision, Falcon and Winter Soldier start. Like two weeks. Oh really? Hell yeah, dude. Two fucking. Wow. How cool was that? I didn't think it was that soon. What about a Cobra Kai? One car. Are you gonna get into that? Oh, dude, I would love to do Cobra Kai, but I feel like the timing might be bad. If uh, for Cobra Kai season four, maybe. Uh, we would do an episode. Dude, did you watch all of Cobra Kai season three? In one day, man. Dude, me too. Oh, actually, <laughs> I watched all of it in one night. And then I was like, yo, it's like four o'clock in the morning. I need to go to sleep. And then I woke up the next morning and watched the last episode. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> seriously, man, like as a karate kid fan growing up, like this Kicked season. Your in the last episode. This season specifically hit like so many wish list items i had for a karate for this series like I'm like if they're gonna do a cobra kai series you're gonna see fucking you know daniel daniel larusso again like these are the things i would like to see these are the characters i want to see come into it and they hit almost all of them and they're teasing us some big shit for next season oh dude so good they're the last two things i've seen that dude in um the place karate kid whatever his name is was Ralph like Macchio. Yeah, it was uh, and what's his name? The other fellow that plays Johnny was How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, Billy Zapka. Yeah, the both of them were on that for Barney's um, stag party. Yeah, I think and I met Billy before, Zapka. And the one before that with Ralph Marchio was um, Entourage when he gets kicked out of Hugh Hefner's um, mansion. Oh no, they're, they're going to Hugh Hefner's mansion for a party. And um, the main dude's brother's like trying to get back in. He goes, oh, it was you that stole the monkey. And that's a, a TV episode of it or is that the movie? Yeah, 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 no, TV episode. I haven't watched Entourage in a long time. I don't remember that one. Oh, but sorry. man. It was when it, Johnny, Johnny Drama was banned from the Playboy Mansion. I kind of remember that. Paulie Shaw that stole the monkey. <laughs> I kind of remember that too. I don't remember Ralph Macho being there. I, I enjoyed the shit out of that series when it was on TV, but oh, I feel like it was wicked. looking back like 15, 10, 15 years later, I'm like, mm, maybe that series is a little problematic, but Ari Gold is still one of the fucking most legendary television characters oh, of yes. all time. Oh, definitely. I, I learned that he, not only is he based on like, uh, like an actual Hollywood agent guy, but all of that shit that happened in the later seasons, like him getting double crossed by an old partner and him striking out to start his own agency, like all of that shit is real and actually happened. That's crazy, yeah. Because I know it was like loosely based on Wahlberg's career or something. Yeah, but that, yeah. I mean, I don't know if Wahlberg and that guy that Ari's based on, I don't know if they're actually connected in real life or yeah, not. Yeah, not I have no actually, idea. Actually, speaking of Wahlberg. We're getting Wahlburger down here in Australia soon. Oh, hell yeah. Have you ever had Wahlburger? Huh. I've only had I it have. twice. I, I, I've had it twice when I was in Texas. Is it common where you are, Leonard? Uh, they literally, I think they only have one, like literally only one in California or maybe two now. I don't, I don't know. I don't go to fucking LA, but yeah, uh, it's pretty good. I mean, I like they it. have like, they have a, uh, what is it? An adult frap that was pretty good. It was a s'mores frap that was the best alcohol tasting or best alcohol milkshake I've ever had in my entire life. So, hmm. 
I uh, we only got we only got Taco Bell a couple of years ago here. Holy really? shit, man! Yeah, congratulations. And like, <laughs> and instead of um, Burger King over here, we call it Hungry Jacks. Hungry Jacks. We only got Burger King a couple of years ago. Holy shit! Congratulations. So where to go? That's the Literally, funniest like fucking thing I've heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> we have like so Holy many shit. other fucking Mex- like Mexicans huge over here there's one part in the city where there's like it's like a me- Mexican standoff of like six Mexican restaurants around one roundabout <laughs> like we've got Guzmani Gomez that's like everywhere here and Burrito Bar and oh. like Mexican food's huge over here yeah and sushi. Um, You'll find sushi on nearly every corner here. Oh, I love sushi. So that sounds like a great place yeah. for me to go. When COVID is... You two should come out here. You just won't ever leave. That's a, that's the problem. You just won't ever want to go home if you come here. I don't know. The kangaroos might say otherwise to me. <laughs> ah, they taste good. I, would, I definitely would actually like to try kangaroo. It's nice. It's probably one of the best meats you'll ever have, honestly. And I've tried kangaroo, emu, crocodile, anything from the ocean, all sorts of stuff. Is kangaroo any good? Oh, fuck yeah. It's so good. You ever had to fight a kangaroo out your backyard? No. They usually just run away. It's only the big reds you got to worry about. They're the ones that don't take shit. The big reds? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they're, the, they're the ones that you see the real big like six foot something like muscly ones those are the ones that you're like run away <laughs> yeah I'm afraid what if I see a kangaroo just try and feed it or ride it whatever <laughs> <laughs> those are two very different things <laughs> <laughs> let me get in the pouch Livian, <laughs> right? Oh man! And no, before you ask, it's, it's not at every Australian rodeo. We don't ride kangaroos at the rodeos. We still ride bulls here. Damn it, <laughs> man! You guys just don't know how to be Australians, do you? I mean, why don't y'all like ride a bull and then put a kangaroo on top and then ride that in the pouch? You got to ba- be in oh. the pouch of the kangaroo that's on top a of the bangaroo. Bull. Yeah, bangaroo, bangaroo. Bangarang. That's a song that went on in my head all the time right now. Is it because I'm talking? Oh, because you're back? No, that's just because I'm stoned and that's a song going on in my head. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because I look like I could be a Sanford and Son. No, I had Red Fox on the mind. You know why? It actually ties back to... Our karate episode? No, it ties back that- to our Karate Kid conversation. So one of the things that fucking kind not irks me about Cobra Kai, but like makes me sad about Cobra Kai is that Pat Morita is not there, Mr. Miyagi. But they do a really good job, especially this season. The first season, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing with it, I don't think. But this season, they've done a really good job of incorporating Miyagi into the story still and like having it feel like he's there, even though he's not. Um, so I was watching a 
interview with Pat Morita from like the mid 1990s or something. And I had no idea that before he was, um, you know, a, an actor before he was Mr. Miyagi, I knew that he was Arnold on happy days. That was about all I knew him as, but he was like a, a stand-up comic called uh, hip nip. And uh, from <laughs> what I understand, he wasn't a very good stand-up comic, but for whatever reason, red Fox fucking loved him and basically said to him at a certain point, you know, moved down to LA. He was living somewhere in like Northern California, you know, a few hours away from LA. He's like, move down here, you know, get your work, blah, 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 blah. He's like, I don't have the money to do that. And Red fucking gave him the money to do it, had him move down, basically paid for his first like six months to a year or whatever. And he was just like, you know, I can't repay you for this, Red. And uh, he basically said, you know, I that's fine. Just pay it forward for somebody else at a certain point. So Red Fox, since I've learned that story, I think it's fascinating that Red, I've heard that story twice within a couple of weeks. I heard Pat Morita tell that story about Red Fox. And I heard Lucille Ball tell that story from an interview on the Dick Cavett show from like 1977 the other day. But she does not say who the person who did that for her is. Mm. Um, but imagine like, I mean, they, they both you know, we're already kind of on the fringes of the entertainment business or whatever. So, you know, you meet a couple people who like you enough to say yes, right place, right time kind of thing. But could you imagine like any of us, whether that dream has to do with being in the entertainment or it could be anything. It could be owning your own fucking business as a construction company guy. Like who the fuck cares? But just having somebody to be like, yeah, man, here's the money. Go do what you got to do. Ugh, that's like better than hitting the fucking lottery in my opinion. <laughs> mm. anyway. It'd be good if they did like some sort of throwback with um, Daniel and him just talking or something, just like a, even if it was fucking CGI or some shit, like an adult version of Daniel to give him a life lesson or something. Kind of. There is um that one scene. I, I don't know which season it is, if it's the first or second season, but he like bumps into a dude who's a fisherman, like out on the beach or whatever, who's very evidently yes. supposed to be the stand in for Miyagi and like gives him that. I forget exactly what the life advice is, but you know, something about fishing and blah, blah, blah. That's when I was like, Ooh, they want Miyagi to be in this so badly, but they can't. <laughs> recast pat marita that would be fucking sacrilegious to this series and this fandom this universe i don't know uh cobra kai season four it's gonna be really cool patreon you got your money's worth this week this is actually like a pretty good pre-show sometimes the pre-show is just me yelling and uh writing notes so this is a nice change of pace let's do this